Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh new conservative voice, the C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet. The greatest success story the world has ever known. And hey, folks, believe it or not, we are roaring, roaring back strong in the fashion that we should be roaring back strong. Don't believe the lying voices in the liberal media that's telling you that things are going south. They're not. They're not. Americans, hey, listen, uh, most of you, in fact, 99.9% of you are able to eat, do whatever you want to do. Maybe not in the grand fashion that you want to do it in, but if you are an American, you're going to be able to eat. Yes, there's homeless people, but there are people that, but they eat. There are people who make bad choices, but they eat. Don't let people tell you that this is all doom and gloom. And it's not. And I know that because we have gotten into the habit, the programmed habit of thinking and believing that it's all going to turn out bad because it has been orchestrated on television. Walk down your streets, walk down your neighborhood, visit your local supermarket. The turmoil and the tumult and all of that that they uh, claim is going on in the streets of America, burning down and all. It's not happening. It is an orchestrated event for the cameras to uh, um, transport, to transmit to the nation in order to set up a mindset. Yeah. Failure and poverty always comes from a mindset that is learned from someone. It is taught by someone right now. There is a teaching going on in America. You are being taught to think the worst about yourselves. Are you hearing me? And, and, and it always puzzles me. It always puzzles me how people can convince you to think the worst of yourself. You know, there are people in uh, this, in your family, in my family, and it, sometimes it's been me who relished, reveled, wallowed in old Indian, southern Indian word, uh, southern Native American word, walla, means to roll. In the feeling that uh, somehow 
you are not even worthy. Christians are like that. Many, many Christians being made righteous by the blood of Jesus Christ and being an heir of salvation and all of this. Many Christians have this image of themselves as uh, no good and worthless. <laughs> my pastor, uh, my pastor, James McManus, I love him. Uh, he's one of my good, 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 good friend. And um, he was saying uh, to us Sunday that there was a prayer that he heard coming from one of the deacons of a church that he was attending or pastoring in or ministering in. And the deacon's prayer to God was, uh, he opened his prayer by saying, here I am, Lord, you're no good, worthless servant. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, yeah, I understand uh, approaching the throne of grace with humility. I understand that. But uh, you are actually saying something counter than what God says about you, especially those of you who are believers. Now, if you're an unbeliever, you might approach, uh, you know, the throne like that, telling me how good and worthless and no good you are, because, you know, really, until you are redeemed, that's basically what it is. You're on your way to a bad place. You're on your way to hell, at least the way I look at it and the way I have studied it and the way I believe it. And I'm never going to stop uh, preaching it like that because I believe it like that. And, and hey, again, let me share this with you. Uh, Judeo-Christians, non-Christians, believers, non-believers uh, who are saying, well, he's a knuckle-dragger, you know, and uh, you can't listen to all that, and, you know, yada, yada, yada. The beauty of America is that you do have the right to an opinion. And that is, in fact, going away. If I'm as wrong as wrong can be about heaven or hell, I have the right to that opinion. And Christian folks, let me tell you something. It has been your faith, your faith, that has given and preserved that freedom for people of every faith in this nation. Their faiths would not have given you the same freedom. But it has been the Judeo-Christian ethic that has been the vehicle for every other belief or even non-belief to flourish in this country. It has been the strength and the weakness of our nation. The strength and the weakness of our nation. Because so many people have taken advantage of being subversive to the foundational principles. And the principles actually give way to people having that free expression and free speech. This is why it's ludicrous for people like Antifa and BLM to burn or want to... uh, destroy a culture huh replace a culture 
that actually caused them to have the ability to throw in $300 million into their coffers within the last four months. Huh? They have played it to the hilt, and I don't know who gets the money. I don't know what happens when this stuff, when this is all dissolved or whatever. I don't know what happens to the money. Do you? What happens to that $300 million? Do they continue to pay people to tear place down? Do they steal it? I mean, what happens to it? Do you realize that it is <clears throat> the principles, the ethics of the founders who gave us the ability to call ourselves citizens of a nation that would value above all things the expression of the citizen? The free expression of the citizen within the guidelines of law. And that's where we take up this discussion because uh, I just tweeted out something. You can follow me at Rev, at, at Rev, R-E-V, C-L, Brian. Just tweeted out something. BLM, Antifa. Uh, they, uh, they, they're, they're Bidenites. They've endorsed Biden or whoever the left tells them to endorse. Or whoever they tell the left to endorse. They, they've endorsed Biden. And um, NRA and police officers, law enforcement, by and large, endorse Trump. Now it's time to go vote here in the next 80 days. Who are you going to choose? Endorsements generally mean things, especially when they come from large prominent organizations like the ones I've just mentioned. BLM, Black Lives Matter, is a large, prominent organization. Which is not about Black Lives Matters whatsoever. It was started by uh, a couple of white lesbians with a black uh, lesbian, I believe. Uh, it was nothing. It has nothing to do about Black Lives Matter. It has to do with a uh, mantra. Yes, much like Make America Great Again. Which is about America. But Black Lives Matter has nothing to do with Black Lives Mattering, period. It has to do with a socialist agenda. That most black people, uh, you know, if they really examine what they're saying and what they're promoting. They're, they're not talking about themselves. There is nothing being said that has to do with your well-being, black folks. Just look at the fruit of what these organizations are all about. Tea partiers never burned down a doggone thing. We showed up somewhere. If we had a piece of, if there was a piece of trash left behind us, I, I, I don't know if a mouse could find it. But these people are trashing cities, trashing, burning cities, and the Democrats are in fact applauding them. Are you? If you are, you need to judge, you need to judge your 
yourself or examine yourself closely because you have a loose screw. If you think that order, peace, safety can come out of chaos and you're talking about protesting the death of someone, but yet you cause the death and destruction of others. If you think that is right, you need to examine yourself because you have a screw loose. Let me just tell you plainly, there is something just totally off about you and sanity is escaping you. You can tell them I said it. Sanity is escaping you. What sense does it make for this Seattle police chief, female police chief, to have placed herself? She's black. What sense does it make for her to have placed herself? In a situation where being black and upwardly mobile, being the police chief of Seattle, what sense did it make for her to choose the sides that she chose other than law and order, which she was supposed to choose? Huh? No, fire me, mayor. But my men, my officers are going to do what they're hired to do. I'll see you in court. She was a police officer, should have been one first. But no. She wanted to be an activist first. You see, friends, when it comes to me, I'm a minister of the gospel first. I talk a lot of politics. I am involved in a lot of politics and all of that. But when it comes to the politics or my principles, precepts that are rooted and grounded in the scriptures, in Christ Jesus, when it comes to choosing the politics or the activism over my faith, over my Christ, I'm always going, every time, I'll choose Jesus every time. I'll choose Christ every time. And then I'm the other things. And, 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 and you know, when you choose a profession, I don't know if she was Christian, Jew, Muslim. I don't know what she was. But choosing the activist course that she chose had to come from somewhere. Now, uh, there is liberation theology that would have caused her to choose that type of course as a police officer she, because she would have chose the liberation theology first. So that may very well be the case. I know that it has invaded, infected, and has actually brought down an entire black community because it started in the church. It, it, it infiltrated the churches, the black churches, which basically uh, made them think or said to them that if Jesus, uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ could not bring uh, equality, then what good was it? 
And of course, we're talking about uh, economic uh, equality and, you know, all types of different types of equality. That's where liberation theology is the, uh, the underlying root of, of all of that is <clears throat> when you, you, you bring into theology, you bring into theology blackness, race, color, you bring that in. And it deals with peoples of color and how their theology should reflect uh, the more the, 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 the uh, their participation and champion their participation in society, thus creating a, a, a situation where there's more equality or equal outcome, let's say. They, they paint Jesus as someone who wanted equal outcome. This is what uh, Jeremiah Wright is all about. This is how he can say GD America. Because there's not equal outcome. This is the person that Obama sat under for uh, 20 years. He wanted equal outcome. And, and, and friends, you heard me say this before. There, there can never be equal outcome. And, and, and the plain proof of that is, is, and probably won't be this year, but the Super Bowl. Any game, you play dominoes, there's never equal outcome. Can't be. Never has been, never will be. Equal outcome. You play checkers to win. And there are some who are good, there are some who are not. Huh? And that's the way it is in life, friends. That's the way it is in life. Some will go to the Super Bowl. Some will never make it. Some will play pro. Some will play junior high and quit. (laughs) But they love football, but they'll never actually gain equality as a player. They have to go do something else. Are you understanding what I'm saying to you? There is no equal outcome. There has never been. There can never be. Why? Because go back to elementary school if you want to. Go through, uh, you know, junior high. Go through high school. Find those people who were in school with you. And tell me, once you find them, if there is anything called equal outcome. I don't care if you're red, yellow, black, white. You can be anything you want to be. There's never equal outcome, never has been, can't be. You don't have uh, equal outcome as far as the type of parents your children become. Some of them have strengths, some of them have weaknesses. There's no equal outcome. Your children are all different. They need different things. They, they, they earn different things. An equal outcome. And yes, every parent has a favorite. There's no equal outcome. You mean, we don't, we don't like to say that. <clears throat> Pardon me. But yeah, every parent knows who his favorite kid is. <laughs> He's not going to tell the others, but he always knows. Huh? Every mother knows who her favorite kid is. She's not going to say, and she'll never admit to herself. Uh, I'll be back.
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. CL back with you coast to coast, border to border throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest, the greatest success story the world has ever known. And that is America. Welcome to CL Bryant Show, coast to coast, border to border throughout the fruited plains of a nation that is blessed from sea to shining sea and don't believe uh, your ears because hey friends it's a wonderful day still in america do you know something folks i um um i'm about to do something here um but i want to say this before i do this um i have said this to you i go around i walk up and down my neighborhood sometimes just to stay in shape what have you, you know and uh, get some sunshine and all of that uh, when I'm at home, uh, always in and out of air conditioning, air conditioned buildings or cars and, you know, air conditioned home. You, know, you don't get any sunshine and I'm not sweating the way I used to when I lived in the country. So you have to stay, stay healthy. But I, I say hello to my neighbors, very diverse group of uh, people who live in my neighborhood, um, upwardly mobile uh, types uh, who live in my neighborhood. And I walk throughout my neighborhood. And of course, I go to the Walmart. I go wherever I want to go, my church, what have you, you know. I don't experience any tension, racial tension at all. Uh, not among the bums, not among the homeless, not among the folks in Walmart, uh, you know, and the restaurants that I go to, you know, I just don't. But you know where I find it? When I come home, I turn on my television to racial tensions everywhere on TV. <laughs> But the reality of it is I I don't really sense that in my life, except when I turn it on, it's there, which means that there is a a desire to make you believe something exists in your life that may not actually be real. And but you 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 subconsciously you look at John next door as somebody who could be one of them. Oh, it's a diabolical thing that's going on. It really is. It's a great day in the USA, no doubt about it. In fact, it is the 11th of August. Uh, today is a day, my friends, that uh, will forever live in infamy in many ways <laughs> uh, here in, in America. I um, had um, many things that were going on on this day, uh, 11 August. My wife uh, was giving birth to our second child, uh, ever Dawn Bryant. And, uh, of course, um, we have been blessed 
to have uh, she and her sister Miranda in our lives. Both of their birthdays are in uh, August. Miranda's will come up on the 26th. But today is my uh, daughter Ever's birthday. For the longest time, she was the baby girl. And uh, so uh, this is her birthday. Daddy loves you. My happy birthday and uh, to you. And uh, pray God allows you to have many long years upon the earth. So as your mom and I would wish you a happy birthday. Happy birthday. Well, there are so many things that are taking place. Hey, that Seattle um, chief of police did not have to resign in the fashion that she did. She actually gave up a profession of being a cop first. And I told you, hey, listen. I am a men, I'm a preacher first. Oh, I'm not always the best one. I'm not always the best example of a Christian. Neither are you. Uh, I'm not always the best example of anything. I'm not a radio host. Uh, wasn't always the best example of a husband, even though I tried for 46 years. Uh, wasn't the best example of a father always. None of us are. None of us are always that. That's why we always wonder and ask ourselves the question. Every parent who has ever had a child, ever raised a child, has always asked themselves this one question. I don't care if the child's successful. I don't care if they're living in the gutter. You have asked yourself this question. Wow, what did I do wrong? <laughs> You've asked yourself that question, whether out loud, under your breath. What, what did I do wrong? <laughs> and yeah, yeah, many times you can identify what it was. <laughs> but, uh, you know, my fellow Americans, let me tell you something. Hang tight. It's all going to be good. And uh, you folks out there, (laughs) vote for Joe if you want to. But understand, whoever Joe chooses as his VP, that is going to be your president. Oh, in fact, that she may not even be your president. Let me tell you. And hey, black folks, please listen to me right now. Listen to the former NAACP two-term president, NAACP Garland, Texas. Yes, the magnet schools and all that that's in Garland, Texas right now began happening under my watch. Some of the streets that are renamed there in Garland right now for black um, historical figures and my watch. I've paid my due. So listen to me. When Joe Biden comes knocking, telling you that this is how he will pander to you this time, if you will vote for him, he will give you a black female vice president and you buy into that. He has just used you like the prostitutes he knows you to be. 
He knows that he does not have to deal with your character at all. He only has to deal with your color. And if your color is all that reflects your character, then Joe Biden is right when he says, if you don't vote for him, then you ain't black. You ain't black. Not in Joe Biden's world. If you don't vote for him, because only someone who Joe Biden considers black in the way he considers them black can be black. And you folks who are on the uh, Democrat uh, plantation, hear me. When you when you went down south to the plantation, hey, listen, I was born while people were still on plant. They weren't slaves, but that's where they worked. <laughs> you pick. I was born in a time when you still saw folks in the cotton field picking cotton. I know I picked a little bit myself. Me I, up there and Amy, Uncle Son uh, up there going toward Benton was rows and rows and rows and rows and rows of cotton. I remember that, but this is what I was going to say about the plantation. And you can take it for, you can take it for what it's worth. But hear me, when you went to the plantation, do you know how you could tell that this was really a plantation? Because you saw folks doing things in the hot sun, sweating it out, that you know they would not be doing if they didn't feel they had to. They were being compelled to pick that cotton. And you can say whatever you want to about black Republicans. We ain't picking nobody's cotton. You can say whatever you want to about black conservatives. We ain't picking nobody's cotton. But you look at that plantation where that Democrat Party is right now. You see Joe Biden trying to make sure that he keeps his cotton pickers in place. You let Donald Trump come out saying some stuff like Joe Biden has been saying, condescending and all that type of stuff toward black folks. You'll see how quickly I, dr- I dropped Donald John Trump. Al Sharpton would never say anything like I just said. Al Sharpton would never say that he'd ever, he dropped Nancy Pelosi. He dropped Joe Biden. That's because he's a cotton picker. I'll tell you exactly what's on my mind. I'll tell you exactly what I will do, and I will not vote for somebody who expects me to step and fetch it. You see, that's the narrative that they would like for you to have of black Republicans, but that is the exact opposite of who we are. We are people who are self-motivated, self-directed, have studied the facts 
for ourselves. Made a movie about it. Huh? Wrote a book about it. Have lived the last 15, 20, 30 years active, as an activist. It's been 35 years since I was president of NAACP in Garland, Texas. I didn't just start doing this. I've been preaching the gospel 41 years. Interracial marriage, 46 years. I ain't just, hey, listen, I'm no stranger to this, to this whole rodeo that's going on in America. I helped create a lot of this stuff. No, 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 no. Black conservatives, as our foreparents were, thought for themselves, think for themselves, act on their own. We don't act because somebody thinks it's cool or black to do it. We do it because it suits my pocketbook. And I don't care what color you are. You walk into Mr. Banker's place and he and the banker knows you got money in his bank. You can be polka dot and you are Mr. Polka dot. It ain't about color. It's about character and what you bring to the table. Are you hearing me? Oh, you better listen. You're Mr. You ask Cosby. You ask Mike Tyson. You ask Pup Daddy. You a uh, puffy. Huh? You better ask him. Better ask Dennis Rodman. You can be crazy or weird. You can be anything you want to be, but you got to bring the money, honey. That's that's the secret to America. I don't care what you are. You can be a church, a business, or whatever. Uh, You're going to have to prosper. That is the formula of Judeo-Christian Christianity is to be fruitful and multiply Whatever it is, that is the first commandment that God gave his creation. Be fruitful. Multiply. Not only in yourself, but whatever you you bring to the table, whatever it is and whoever it is you are. Be fruitful. Multiply. That's all I try to do every day. I just try to multiply what God has given me. That's all. I don't have nothing to offer. I only have what he has given me. That's it. Huh? That's it. I don't, I don't, I don't, re- I personally don't bring anything to the table with Dr. King was saying to all of us. And we have totally dropped the ball on this because now all we want to be is judged by the color of our skin. We have no idea what it is to bring to the table content of character. Huh? That's what you bring to the table. Dr. King was saying, hey, any fool can look at you and tell you black. You can't be judged by that. They've seen us here for the last uh, 400 years on this continent. They're not judging. If they judge you by that, you're always going to remain a slave. But this is what Dr. King was trying to get us to see. What we need to bring to the table is the same thing the Irish, the Italians, the Indians I'm talking about East Indians. Everybody who has come to this land has brought to the table. Well, you say, well, they didn't come in chains. Well, we're not in chains now. The chains don't have to remain on your character. The chains were never on your character. 
No, there's there's just as many low life Irishmen as there are anything else. There's low life Englishmen, low life. There's low lives everywhere you go. There's never been chains on character. There's been high character and there's low character in every race. But for some reason, black folks, we have been convinced that the chains have been on our character. Dr. King said that's not so. And that's what they're trying to convince you of even now is that you still have chains on your ability to succeed in this country. No, you don't. Any good idea, if you come up with it right now, it can work. It can make you a multimillionaire overnight in America. That is still possible. But if we start having what you call equal outcome, there's no need for you to be uh, one who excels or succeed because everything, everybody gets a door prize. Everybody gets a trophy. There's no need to play the Super Bowl. Because everybody wins. I told you before, I'm telling you one more time, and I'll probably be saying it another thousand times before I'm done here on this earth. I pray God that's the so. That is so. But winners and losers, fact of life. I don't care if you're playing checkers. Winners and losers is a fact of life. There is never equal outcome. I challenge any of you to go back and find any, any one of your schoolmates. Look at their life. Look at yours. Oh, hey, there might be some cases where, of course, uh, things are pretty much the same for both of you. You have uh, pretty much the same uh, type of lifestyle, middle class, right? Or maybe you're both wealthy. Who knows? Or maybe you're both in the dregs. But you start looking at that whole class that you came out of, that whole generation that you grew up with, you go back and find some of them. Look into their lives. I promise you, you will learn the principle that I'm trying to tell you. There is no such thing as equal outcome. Not even in children. You can have children, same mom, same dad, different outcome question that you always ask yourself every parent I just told it to you what was it what did I do wrong America don't let anyone convince you that we that we don't have the best days of our lives ahead of us I'm C.L. This is the C.L. Bryant Show. I'm looking forward uh, to the top of the hour. We're going to have our special guest in here with us uh, today. And um, I do believe that uh, we are going to be absolutely blessed with uh, Lori Klein-Corbin. After the top of the hour, I'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. I'm CL. You thought I was worth saving. So you came and changed my life. You thought I was worth keeping. So you 
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. I do the best I can. Always lend a helping hand. And for the flag I stand. CL back with you on this great day in the USA. Coming up after the top of the hour, Lori Klein Corbin. She was a very close uh, friend of um, my mentor and friend, Herman Cain. And um, currently she's um, the Arizona National Committee woman and um, former Arizona state senator. And, um, of course, she's a strong, strong, an original supporter of Donald John Trump. And um, she actually held the first rally in his campaign in Arizona back in uh, June of uh, 2015 when he was still candidate Trump. And so she's coming on with us yesterday. You know, I had Steve Moore on with us, the president's advisor, um, one of his uh, have been former financial advisor, president's um, economic advisor. And um, he was sharing with us that that V, that roaring back V-shape economy is definitely everything's on. Don't slow down. Let's keep the pedal to the metal. COVID is is out there. There's no question about it. Let's go ahead and wade on through. Cautiously, of course. Of course, we keep our balls peeled and and uh, we, we, we definitely make certain that we protect our children. But um, we must go forward or we're going to raise a generation of kids who are absolutely afraid of their own shadows. And uh, quite frankly, I could not I could not live having been as free as I've been my entire life. Having been as free as I've been to do whatever I want. Listen, folks, back in the day, the early 70s, 73, 74 uh, you know, when, uh, yeah, I was hanging out interracially even back then because I never, ever sensed that I was not free to do so. In Shreveport, Louisiana, I was never baptized in the thought process. I never allowed myself to hang long around friends who were like that, who were baptized in some kind of less than thought process. I always believed that God had made me free to do whatever I wanted to do. And my challenge to society and always has been is to, to this very day, my, even through my marriage, what have you. My challenge to society is that I defied you to tell me I could not 
live the way I want to. That was my, my wife, Jane, and I. That was our challenge to society, to the black church, to the NAACP, to America, is that you tell us, I dare you, we challenge you to tell us that I cannot live as free as anyone else and go anywhere else that I want to go. Like anyone else. Be anything. Be around anybody that I want to be. We challenged you. No, we weren't blatant about it. But the only thing that we were certain to do is live our lives. And that's the way I face this COVID thing. No, okay. I trust God. I am healthy. I am safe. I am careful. And I know that the thing they splashed all over the international uh, press everywhere when Herman uh, contracted um, COVID-19, they tried to make everyone think that uh, we were not careful. But we were. Everyone in that pick that you saw around the world, including Herman, all tested negative that day within the last hour or two of us getting together and being in that bubble that we were in, all of us were COVID-19 negative, including Herman. But if you believe the, the, the hysteria that they try to, uh, of course, always keep us in a constant state of, then everyone in that picture should be you know, oh, my God, be careful. I cannot believe my children tell me they were getting uh, calls from their friends. You know, your dad, you know, no, he wasn't. I mean, I have, are you kidding me? I have people around me, my children uh, now, especially that I love, that I would never risk doing anything uh, that would bring any kind of harm to them. I, I would do anything, including lay down my life to spare them from anything like that. So, so this is the type of hysteria and lunacy that the media gins up because it's absolutely false. The entire narrative that we're seeing played out as far as uh Blowing this George Floyd thing into what it what it has become when black men die every day at the hands of black men and nobody's upset about that. It's 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 found on your television screen. Your your strings are pulled. Your knee jerk happens on your television screen. But if you'll pay attention to yourself when you're driving down the street going into your Walmart, visiting your friends and, uh, you know, at your job, most likely it's diverse, unless you live in the inner city, you know, you know, depending on where you are. But most of America is diverse, except for the inner cities. And most of America is not inner city. Most people don't live in the inner city. And there are black people everywhere, even though there might not be many of them, because we're only 13 percent of the whole population. Not quite 13%. The only demographic in America that has a negative growth rate. 
I wonder what that's from. Oh, it's not. If cops were killing that many black men, we would be extinct. We're only if black folks are only 13 percent of the population, black men then only represent maybe five and a half to six percent of the population because there are more black women than there are men. So if, if, if it was that kind of open season on black men, we would be extinct. No, it's, that's not what's causing us to have a negative growth uh, population growth rate. Now, we've killed over four million of our own children. There ain't no cops, no army in America that can rise up in America that could have killed that many black folks. We did it to ourselves. No way. So stop it. With this blame Mr. Charlie stuff. Stop it. We're doing it to ourselves. Oh, I know that you get angry at me for saying it like it is, but that's the way it is, and I don't care how you look at it. Oh, the baby's going to grow up in poverty. Kill it. My God, how many uh, uh, of us have uh, been born into poverty? No, you're killing the baby because it's going to be hard on you. A child may be the one with a cure for cancer that need to come through uh, a life with poverty. There's a purpose in that. But no, you never see that because you killed it. It may have been a, 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 a genius by the time it was 12. You won't know that now because you killed it. Four, over four million, nearly four, over four million, four million and counting. But we want to blame um, someone else for our problems. No, it's our problem. It's our problem. America, we can't just blame, and too many Americans are doing this. For what reason, I don't know. Because this president's really been the most successful I've seen in my 40-some-odd years of watching politics close, nearly 50, of watching politics close. As far as success is concerned, economic success is concerned, there has not been a president who has been as successful as this one. As far as actually moving the needle in the black community, in black education, historic black colleges in particular, creating zones and opportunity pockets, for black business, there has not been a president that has been as successful as this one. And, of course, there has not been anything in our 
societal existence that has ever come upon us that we have reacted to in the way we reacted to COVID-19. And I am saying to you, I could be absolutely wrong, but I certainly believe it. It was by design that we react to it this way. And even the president was swept up into it. He, if you recall, he did not really want to close business down. He did not really want to close business down. He was swept into it by the medical professionals and, of course, the politicians. And quite frankly, I think it's by de- it was by design because everything now, I don't think there's anybody dying of anything. Uh, I don't think there's anybody infected with anything but COVID-19. Oh, there's nobody infected with chicken pox. There's nobody that has the mumps, measles, or anything. Everybody's got COVID-19. I don't care what it is. You can have a heart attack. It's COVID-19 related. I'm telling you, what I want to know is how many folks died of um, the flu virus last year in nursing homes. I want to know how many elderly people died of the flu virus last year. In nursing homes. How dramatically different is that number now than it was then? I want to know that. In fact, I'll probably do a, a segment on that um, later in the latter part of the show. Coming up uh, will be my special guest, Lori Klein Corbin. And uh, she, of course, is AZ National Committee woman. And I'm looking forward to speaking with her when the C.L. Bryant Show returns after the top of the hour. If you don't get both hours, download free the C.L. Bryant Show app. I will be right back. Don't go anywhere. I'm just a pilgrim on this road, boy. Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh, new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. 
Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet. The greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show, coast to coast, border to border, over the talk monster, Red State Talk Radio, which is the largest platform, talk platform in the nation, most listened to. And I certainly am glad uh, to be a part of it. If you are, uh, in fact, um, not getting both hours of the C.L. Bryant Show, be sure to download free the C.L. Bryant Show app onto your um, favorite device. And all the shows are archived there. And I'm very grateful uh, for that. Uh, it's powered by MersaTech, my app. It is powered by MersaTech, owned by my good buddy Mario Chavez. And um, my friends, uh, if in fact, uh, and I thank you for making the show as popular as it has become. Thank you so much for that. If you're traveling through Times Square, look up above the iconic Ripley's Believe It or Not, and you'll see the Red State Talk billboard there. And every hour, the C.L. Bryant Show does pop up there in Times Square, about a block from where they drop the ball, and old C.L.'s face looking right back at you. Again, thank you all for coming along with us daily as we build a bridge to conversation throughout our great nation right here on the C.L. Bryant Show. Download the free app uh, in the App Store. Coming on with me now is Lori Klein Corbin, who is a shaker, mover in the state of Arizona and in Arizona politics. She uh, is has been and is a good friend of or was a good friend of my personal mentor, uh, Mr. Herman Kane. Um, she is a committee woman there in the state of Arizona. And Arizona is a very important state for us to keep our eyes on, friends. Let us welcome to the show for the first time, Lori Klein-Corbin. Thank you so much for being there. Thank you, Reverend. It's an honor to be on your show. I watched your interview um, along, um, I think it was on Laura's show after Herman passed, and I was very touched that you were there for him. And he was a dear friend. He was a dear man. And, uh, you know, Laurie, I thank you so much for uh, y- uh, you and uh, the friendship that you had with him. I know that you were a supporter of 999. And uh... <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we went back to the fair tax when he was working on that. Yes. And really, 999 was a transition to yes. go to a national sales tax. Yes, indeed it was. And, uh, and so you understand the mind of this, the economic mind of this man was absolutely Incredible. Brilliant. Let me ask mm-hmm. you this. Uh, let me ask you this. And um, you are in Arizona. And there, folks, if you've never visited Arizona, particularly Phoenix, there's a particular sophistication there that you may not expect. I know that I was very knock, knocked out by uh, how sophisticated uh, the that part of the West is. Is But it was once the, the stronghold of Barry Goldwater, and it was a conservative state. What has happened to states like Arizona and Colorado, in your estimation? Talk to us, Lori. 
Well, we've had an influx of people that come from all the other states that are liberal. So they're abandoning the liberal Democrat-run cities. And they come to Arizona and they go, wow, they've got such low property or low taxes, which we do. Um, let's raise them. <laughs> so uh, unfortunately, you have a lot of people that come in and they don't understand what makes uh, of Arizona so free and great. And, you know, so they're influencing us at the polls. And then you've had efforts by George Soros and others to take um, offices. They start even at the school board level with their leftists um, that get themselves elected. And they corrupt our curriculums, our, you know, our history, and, they, and, and the teachers' union, which is being held hostage in many cases by the unions. So, you know, this is where you have a lot of union and government workers. I mean, we have seven and a half million people here. Half a million are on our pension program. That tells you how many public employees we have. Wow. And and, and Phoenix is now run by these liberal backjob Democrats. I mean, it's like de Blasio. Wow. Um, Gallardo's ex-wife is running Phoenix. And I served with him when I was in the Senate. He was in the House. He is a radical Wow. And friends, we're talking about Phoenix, Arizona. That's what we're talking about. And see, you wouldn't think that of Denver, Colorado. But the leftists have taken over both, evidently. When we look at what the president does, and folks, I want you to know that Lori Klein um, is, in fact, someone who did, Corbin, Lori Klein Corbin, who did have the first rally for Donald John Trump in Arizona when he was candidate Trump. So she has been a part of the movement for a while. Let me ask you this, the president, uh, the strength of this man, uh, you know him, I know him. I sit on one of his boards. Um, He is a man of great courage and great character. Why don't America understand the type of man that Donald John Trump is? Why don't they see the guy you and I see? Talk to us. Uh, the mainstream media hates him, and the, the corporate world that's in bed with government hate him because most of them have ties to China, and China has bought Hollywood. He's they bought silence at the universities. You, ha- I mean, it is a. Um, this has been going on for sixty years or more. We used to have in Congress a House on Un-American Activities. What people don't understand is these leftists these anti-American, anti-God, anti-family, these people are now in control. And, and so this is what is, is culminated. And they hate Donald Trump because they never wanted him. He was not part of the plan. He has disrupted everybody's gravy train. Wow. Or their, their desire for power Let me then- and control. Let me then ask you this, um, because your your thoughts and the way you express them are the type of things that people want to come to their churches, synagogues, and their gathering places in their cities once we're through all this madness that's going on. Lori, how do people get a hold of you uh, in order to bring you to where they are? I'm happy to go anytime, uh, because this is a spiritual battle foremost, as you well know. Um, but I can be reached at lkline4 at gmail or my 
phone number, which is 602-315-1737. I am public, as you know. You can find me anywhere, so I'm not giving up my home address. No. But <laughs> my husband's the former attorney general. He'd be very mad at me. <laughs> I think he would. I think, and rightly <laughs> He's so. He's done with too many people. <laughs> but, uh, he I... was an equal opportunity indicter. So. <laughs> uh, you know, Lori, uh, when we look at the law and order, that is necessary for our our nation to exist. Why is it that our children are wanting to destroy the very thing that gives them the right to march in the streets and protest their country? I don't don't see that they're connected with who we actually are. Is there a slippage in who we are as American and our young people? You tell us. Well, they're they're being indoctrinated to believe the worst about our country. They're not given the truth, and it's in the nature of young people to rebel against authority and their parents. But in this case, they're going along with this utopian idea of equality and and life's not fair. So they're buying into cliches. I mean, I have one of my sons is in Berlin. He's an audiovisual engineer. He works for Amazon, and he called me the other day and said, Mom, I don't like capitalism. I'm like, oh, that's rich. You you work for Amazon. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. (laughs) But see, they, they don't, they're being misinformed they're not being taught how to think how to how to reason how to you know they're not intellectually they have no clue how to form their own opinions so they're going by rote memorization and they think it's cool they think wow i'm part of something greater than myself and this is why religion is so important it's why to understand it that socialism which is basically communism is a religion it's a social religion that takes over the minds and hearts of people thinking that they are on a on a valiant crusade which they're not because they've been lied to and they're following a lie so this is where spirituality if you're really connected to to christ to god you understand what's unfolding and what that the enemy of the family the enemy of freedom and liberty is at our doorstep right now but they're they're not seeing it so i give them a lot of leeway because a lot of the kids are waking up yeah but also when they're young they don't have a backbone they want everyone to like them it doesn't work. I learned that. A long time ago. <laughs> I, but but they don't. You know, they want to be liked. They want to be part. So, but they'll wake up soon enough. And um, we don't want to have them have to do the suffering that will come yeah. with what they're bringing. Right. Uh, we don't want any of us to do that. That's why we're fighting. Right. And you know, Laurie, your your son sounds a lot like my kids as well. They wake <laughs> up. They begin to wake up, and they make money. And I'm I'm mm-hmm. glad to to see them do this. Let me ask you this, and this will be the uh, final question. Uh, Question, but you have been involved, you and your husband, uh, in uh, the shaping of the political um, arena there in your state and around the country for many years now. And at one point, at some point, uh, we all sit on our uh, porches and we look into the sunset holding the hand of the people we love. And um, what do we talk about with Lori Klein Corbin when we talk about legacy? What is it that you would want us to say about you, your work, and what you have accomplished and left behind for us? Talk to us. Well, for me, it's about my children. I want them to be able to 
live the American dream. I want them unencumbered by government. I don't want government controlling everything, taking private property, telling people how to live, what to do from cradle to grave, because God gave us an innate desire to do good but government says no you don't you're greedy and i'm going to make you do what i want you to do this isn't freedom it's not what god wants i want everyone to be able to live i told my boys when they're growing up look this is the deal god has given you special talents it's up to you to find out what they are and my passion has been for liberty the love of our founding fathers the love of what God gave us, because God inspired our founding fathers and this country to live free. And we have been the beacon around the world for freedom, which is why I wanted to get rid of the slave tax, which is the fair, which is the income tax, which basically robs you of your essence and your ability to to thrive and grow on, on, on your own merit. And it's about our own merit. We're all responsible. And, you know, so I basically want to give my kids the spirit of our founding fathers and of liberty to fight for, for what is right and just and for all. Very, and very good. Very well my- said, Laurie. Very well said. And God bless you and God keep you is my prayer for you. And may he order your steps in his word. Continue to fight the good fight. I know that you will because you Amen. are Thank fighting you. the good fight. God bless you. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Thank you Thank you. Bye-bye. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show. That was Lori Klein Corbin. And um, that was, my friends, um, the quintessential American woman, in my view. It really is. And, and, you know, that's the kind of wife that my wife was, Jane. She could bring home the bacon and all that stuff, give you the shivering fits, all that kind of stuff. You know, and, and, you know, that was... That is the quintessential American woman. Tough, outspoken, but yet mother and wife. That, that's my kind of girl. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and you know what, men? Uh, I don't know. You, I guess to each his own. I don't know. But that's my kind of girl. The kind who is outspoken, tough, but yet is mother and wife. Oh, man. All around woman. And women are men. Listen to me now. Women are looking for men who are all around men. Yeah. Outgoing, tough, kill bugs, whatever. Build, you know, you know, tear stuff down, chop down the tree, whatever, you know. <laughs> you know, but yet he's father, he's husband. His dad, tough guy, yeah, but he's a soft guy too, you know, yeah, when necessary. He wasn't raised by a dad who um, was, you know, all these huggy guys, he wasn't a huggy dad. My mom wasn't a huggy, you know, they were older, they grew up in that you know, do as I do, do as I say, not as I, you know, do type thing. And um, children, of course, were to be seen basically and not heard. Um, <laughs> and so, 
that was that that within itself is sort of an at an ar- keeps you at an arm's length type of you know when, when you're you're just to be seen and not heard by necessity you have to stay at arm's length otherwise you're going to hear what the child's want to talk about but of course now you have children who don't shut up <laughs> That's all they do is talk. <laughs> I mean, yakety, yakety, yak. Bless their little hearts. Understand this, my friends. When we fail to remember something's purpose, Abuse is inevitable. And the purpose of the parent-child relationship was not to have two best friends. You can be friends. You can be best friends. But that's not the purpose of it. Yeah, you can be friends. You can be best friends. But that's not the purpose of the relationship. And when you fail to remember the purpose of something, abuse is inevitable. And that's what's happened to the family. We have failed to remember the purpose of the family. That's what's happened to the church. We have failed to remember the purpose of the church. And I'm not talking about necessarily the Christian church. I am talking about the organizations of religion, of faith. And and it might seem odd to you that I'm going to say this, but it is so. It is absolutely so. We have politicized the church too much. I don't pol- listen. I am not telling Christians that um, they ought to vote for so and so. I'm just telling you who I vote for. You do what you want. But I just want you to vote for them with your eyes wide open what they stand for. And I can tell you right now that there is no way in the world that I'm going to be voting for someone who you would want to say is a racist. That's just no way. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop.
Say thank you for coming along with us as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our nation. Over the talk monster. That's Red State, Red State Talk, Red State Talk Radio, the talk monster. And um, hey, friends, listen. I was um, saying to you earlier in the show that. You will never hear these words come out of uh, Al Sharpton's mouth. Joe Biden should not have said that. You'll never hear those words. Those words will come out of my mouth if uh, the president tweets something or says something. I think he shouldn't have said it. I'll say it. He shouldn't have said that. There have been a whole lot of things the president shouldn't have said. And hey, there's a whole lot of things I shouldn't have said. (laughs) You shouldn't have said. But you didn't have anybody call you out on them. But you believe me, uh, the president has everybody calling him out on everything. A tougher-skinned individual I have not met, have not known. He's, He's got a tough skin. He gets irritated, like I do, like you do. And uh, quite frankly, a lesser man would have already quit the constant barrage is exactly that. It's constant. And it's going to get harder. It's going to get worse. Regardless of who wins the presidential election, and I do believe uh, that indicators now uh, are indicating that uh, it's going to be Trump's to lose. Nobody's going to admit that on MSNBC or uh, Biden is is, uh, facing growing pressure to pick a, a black woman as his running mate. I think that's condescending. But black people don't care. They just want to be judged by the color of the skin. We don't, they don't care. They, they just want to make, make sure somebody black is a, you know. That is the most condescending thing I can imagine. She won't make a difference. A woman, a man won't make a difference. I'll tell you who makes a difference. A person who's there to get things done so that we all can make money. I don't care what color that person is, as long as they get things done in a fashion where we all can make money. They can be chartreuse, whatever color that is, but they can be it as long as they put in policies keep regulations peeled back so that Americans can make money. 
who if you put in a if you vote in a Biden chooses a black woman as his running mate and she knows nothing about how to stimulate the economy because I know Joe doesn't he and Barack didn't do it in eight years so I know Joe doesn't know how to stimulate the economy I know Kamala Harris doesn't I know Susan Rice doesn't because uh, they haven't Donald John Trump has in less than three and a half years in three and a half years he had us booming Black unemployment, lowest in the history in the history of the country. Latino unemployment, lowest in the history of the country. Women employment up as high as it had been in sixty years in the history of the country. We were booming. That never happened. The stock market was reaching heights that uh, you know you get nosebleed if you were riding that that um, roller coaster. Never happened before. And if except for Corona, which I think uh, may have actually been by design in conjunction with the Chinese. Who does it help? Ah, CL, come on. Well, all I'm saying is who has this helped? Black Lives Matter weren't in the streets. Antifa weren't in the streets. Nothing was being burned down. Who does this help? It helps Democrats. It did. They were riding uh, the high horse, but that horse has stopped running now. In fact, uh, that horse, uh, I don't even know if they can ride that horse anymore because Americans are waking up. Americans are realizing this is stupid. Why in the world are we allowing this to happen in our country? You know what I mean? When I say our country, you don't have to be a white American. This is this is my listen. I am an American. My father, World War II vet. My grandfather, World War One vet. My great grandfather, Spanish American War. I am an American. This is my country. So I have a question. Why are we letting this go on in our country? Black folks, white folks. Why are we allowing this to happen in the name of social justice? Is there any justice in burning down my business? I don't care if you're black or white. Some person comes and tortures your business. He is an anarchist. He's not looking for any social justice burning down your business. Please. And if you don't understand that, then you don't understand what has made America the most prosperous nation on the face of the planet. It ain't people who have wanted to burn it down. People who want to build it up and add to it the content of their character because they have character. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not in, I'm, I will not 
support. I will not condone. And I will look at anybody like they are an absolute fool. Who understands any sense out of somebody burning down somebody else's business or brushing out somebody's window. I'll look at you like you are a fool if you think it is okay to loot a store. Let me tell you something. That is theft. That is robbery. I don't care how you look at it. I don't care how you look at it. I understand that it's a young man's game. Heck, I've been young. I've been young and stupid. I understand that, but that didn't make it any less. That doesn't make that any less wrong. I don't care if you're young and stupid. It doesn't make that any less wrong. And we cannot get to a place in this country. We cannot allow ourselves to uh, become uh, in, in, in encompassed by the its relative. It's, it's, it's all relative. No, there's right and wrong. Yeah. And the spirit of poverty manifests itself in, in these ways. I, I, I think I shared with these. You've got to have a mindset of poverty. You see, you can be poverty stricken financially but have a mindset of I'm coming out of this I am not going to spend the rest of my life broke or you can have the mindset that you are going to spend the rest of your life broke that's just the way it is your mama broke your dad is broke everybody in your family was broke you come to the conclusion you're going to be broke but if for some reason somebody breathed into you planted a seed into you that you don't have to be then you began to move toward not being broke Oh, you, you don't appreciate um, success until you have been broke, busted, and disgusted. You can't. You can't, you can't appreciate it. If, if broke, busted, and disgusted is all that you have known, then you, you can't appreciate success. Or you can't really appreciate those around you who are successful. If you've always had it, it's hard to appreciate people who didn't and and work their way into a situation where they did. Yeah. If you have been broke, busted, and disgusted, you've eaten peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for dinner. That's all you had. And you didn't have a jelly. So a lot of the time, you might have peanut butter, and sometimes you don't have peanut butter. Sometimes you just had to have it on a spoon because you didn't have no bread. I have been broke, busted, 
and disgusted. I've been there. Never have been on food stamps, though. No. Mm-mm. Always tried to, if it wasn't what I wanted, then it just wasn't what I wanted to eat. But I try to make sure the bill's paid. Then the kids come along. Then you better make sure the bill's paid. <laughs> you better make sure you got more than peanut butter and jelly. But you either teach to your children that spirit of poverty or you give them examples of making it. Of pushing through. And I thank God that all of my uh, children are are like that. Uh, They do their best to push through. Of course, I sometimes have to help them push a little bit, but just a little bit. I can help them push a lot, but I'll help them push a little bit. And um, because they have to do it themselves. You have to do it. Whatever God has blessed you with, you better find out what that is and use it. Because he's given it to you. And you, you have a jewel. you got to use it, though. If you don't use it, you'll you can, you know, you live your whole life have it. Not ever use it. Nobody ever knows about it. Nobody. So it's on you. I mean, it's not, it's not my fault. It's not uh, the society's fault. It's you. It's your, it's your gift. What are you going to do with it? It's yours. That's why they call it self-esteem. If you use your gift... Your esteem is high. Uh, hey, listen, I know what God has done um, through the gift he has given me to my environment. I know what he's done. I, I've seen it. And I'm grateful for it. But it's not me. It's, it's God's gift. I often hear, and, I, and you know, a lot of people would say oh, Rush is a you know, pompous and all this kind of stuff. But there's one thing that Rush says, has said all the all the time that I've known him, all the time that I've been listening to him. You've been listening to him. Talent on loan from God. And that's true. We're, we're talent on loan. That's who we... I'm talking about you, not talking about radio personalities or television pro personalities or anything like that or stage stage personalities I'm talking about you all of us we have a purpose here you are a purpose that's another thing my pastor says uh, James A. McMenus Word of God Ministries here in Shreveport um, we are purposes you are a purpose with a name yeah so all of us then are talent on loan from God. The, the, the sad thing is, though, that most of us never investigate our purpose. What we are here to be. What we are here to do. You know? None of us, few of us, few of us ever investigate Our purpose. And we wind up fulfilling and being someone else's purpose. You see. 
and um, poverty is not rampant in America. Uh, remaining behind on bills and being unable to pay them, that will lead you into poverty. Oh, you, you say, well, listen, especially now that um, COVID uh, enactments have caused landlords to allow tenants to stay without pay. That's good, but it's bad. Especially if you don't pay what you can or even go ahead and pay the rent so that you're not behind. Because the day comes that all of this ends and eventually it always has to happen. Eventually somebody has to pay. What Bernie Sanders, what AOC would like to do is create an America where only those who are working have to pay because those who are getting government checks they can't pay where does that money come from it comes from people who are working oddly enough those who are working who may be 45 and under or well, who might be under 50 if you're under 50 you may be working, uh, paying into a system that will never give you money back. Never. So, that's all I'm saying. America, that's all I am saying. So, There is a mindset that keeps us from focusing on value, possibilities, and opportunities. Unless you have the ability to challenge yourself to overcome odds that you never thought you could, you will not be able to cultivate enough. I'll be back. So you came and changed my life You thought I was worth keeping So you cleaned me up inside You thought I was to die for So you sacrificed Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. 
stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. CL home stretch of the CL Bryant show. Thank you for coming along with us today as we have built the bridge to conversation here daily on the CL Bryant show. And I want to thank you. Thank you so much for being a part of our show today. I want to um, also uh, reiterate uh, the thing that we must focus on. How many of you know that there are things that you are just absolutely um, engaged with that actually bring no value to your life or to your life circumstance? You may be engaged, you may be involved with something. You know, I don't know, it could be the computer, it could be, it could be anything. Um, that is bringing no value to your life. Huh? In fact, it may be hindering you, but you don't see it. So you go on and you rock along with it and, and so forth and so on, and, and, and all of a sudden you, you, you realize that you haven't taken inventory in a long time. And you begin to notice that you have a lot of things that are in your life right now that have that are offering you no value. You got to think about that. No value. They don't bring about any possibilities. You see, there are some things. There are some people. There are some uh, uh, opportunities in life that that uh, bring about all types of possibilities. But then there are uh, situations, there are, there are people that do not. And you begin to miss opportunities because of the company you're keeping. Okay? You need to think about that. What company are you keeping? Because that will, of course, uh, set a tone for how you think. Oh, you may not think so, but I can tell you what. The longer you hang around negativity, the more you become like that. I Hey, listen, the minute it pops up, I got to get rid of it. Yeah, the minute it pops up, I got to get rid of it. And and so, seeing oneself as poor, and I'm not talking about financially necessarily, but seeing yourself as less than, and that's what that's one of the things that uh, surely is being programmed into our young people. Our young people are being bred to be sheep and you may think that Jesus was giving 
humanity a compliment or treating him like coochie coochie coo, uh, you know, type of uh, individuals when he was calling them sheep? No. The fact of the matter is Jesus was calling them stupid. Sheep are basically dumb animals. They're not, they're not the most intelligent creatures. And they can easily be slaughtered if led astray. And Americans, we are raising a generation of sheep afraid of everything you know what I want you to think about this America has survived scarlet fever yellow fever uh, what is that um, you know whatever it is uh, where you had to a lot of places you burn the, the house down if person had smallpox yeah in a way back in the day and uh, sometimes you'd come down with it you'd live sometimes you come down with it you'd die chances of you dying was very great you had to take precautions not to get it as of course we're doing but I think we're going extremes we're going over to extremes because COVID is not anywhere near smallpox uh, epidemic way it was back before there was any type of medicine or vaccine for it. America survived. It always survives. We become stronger. But we have gone absolutely hysterical. We have gone overboard when it comes to COVID. We have gone absolutely overboard. And so, my friends, um, when we look at the mindset that is being groomed through us going overboard and through us uh, leaning and depending, becoming codependent upon big government, when we look at that happening, you must understand that there's a purpose behind that. It is to get you into position to vote against anyone who would take away your free stuff. Anyone who will take away your free stuff. They have to be evil. They must be Republican. You see, once the people find out and this is why I'm, I'm really concerned about our nation as it has been that has made us a nation that can, in fact, uh, be great. I believe it was Franklin who said this. I believe it was. I could be wrong. But just calling on my memory, I don't have any, uh, I'm not using my phone or anything, but, but I'm trying to recall my memory. I think it was Franklin who said this. Once the people realize that they can vote themselves benefits 
out of the treasury. That will be the end of the republic. Once the people realize that they can vote themselves benefits, financial benefits out of the treasury that will be the end of the republic what he was meaning there was this surely the folks already knew that they could vote certain taxes for for certain monies you know they can do that but what we were what they were trying to get us to realize about that was that once the people realize they can elect politicians who will steal american money like robin hood taking from what he believes to be the rich and giving it to the poor once the people realize that they can get themselves that type of legislator who will perpetrate the fraud and the theft then that will be the end of the republic this is why I am so concerned about our nation at this point in time because our people have begun to elect the Acacia Cortezes, the Omars, the Nancy Pelosi's are yielding to them, the Joe Biden's are yielding to them. They are beginning to live out the ideal that, yes. We can hire people to steal from the government coffers. You need to understand that uh, even though you say, well, what's wrong with that? That's money that I... No, no, no. Eventually, you run out of the money. We have run out of the money. We're in debt. We're 30 trillion. Yeah, we're in debt. We have run out of money. We're borrowing money. Robbing Peter, paying Paul. We're, we're borrowing money. We're, we're, we're out of money. Yeah. So, what are you going to do? What are you going to do about our nation taking the type of leftist slide that it is taking you can't remain dormant Christian conservative Republican black man white man you can't stay silent while they blow your opportunity 
for the American dream that your fathers wanted you to have, that many of them had. What are you going to do to preserve it? Are you going to let the Bidens of this world take that from you? You know for a fact that it was Donald John Trump who was making those 401ks jump with his policies. We were being able, we were able to live out the true meaning of God blessing America. We were using that. We were championing our freedoms. We were championing our religious liberty. We had a president who was doing that, who is doing that. Don't you want him? I do. What you're talking about, racist? He's no racist. That is something they have fed you, that you're regurgitating. It's not true. Businessman who was taking care of business like he should until this COVID thing, and, and even through this COVID thing, he brought us through it. I thank God for him. And pray for him and his family. Well, I want to thank God for bringing us to the close of yet another day, and I want to thank him for our men and women in uniform around the globe who defend our right to speak our mind. Until I'm able to talk to you again, I'm CL, and may God bless and keep you all. Hold you right there in the hollow of his loving heart.